are listening to Growth The Hell Up Podcast, the only podcast that teaches you how to think differently, live differently, and bounce forward where you create a life better than you've ever imagined. Hey, 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 everyone. Guess what? In store for you today is an amazing person. Listen, I met this person during Toastmasters. I know you guys always wonder why I talk so uh, grand. Just kidding. But Toastmasters was a great, great opportunity for me. And I met this person during Toastmasters. And we instantly knew that we should collaborate some kind of way. Didn't know what that was. And it was years ago. Getting ready to do all these different interviews, I knew I had to reach out to this person. So you're going to get to hear his brilliance in all the different ways, but he's going to educate you on some things that could be heavy for some. We're going to help you lighten that load. We're going to talk about it in a way that you can implement some things today because I'm all about implementing, not just giving you information. All right. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Terrell Whitener. Hey. Good good morning. Good morning. How are you? You know, first of all, thank you for the invitation. You know, when you when anyone that I respect, uh, and sometimes people I don't respect, you know, ask me to to uh, you know spend some time with them to talk about a subject that or any subject that I'm really passionate about, I'm always um, humbled and definitely willing uh, to you know I mean impart my knowledge on. So I do appreciate the invitation and look forward to the conversation wherever it may take us this morning. Thanks for saying yes, because um, in the world of kind of a little conversation we were having, there's always going to be two answers, right? A yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I took the risk and you said yes. Yeah, that's it. You, 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 like I said before, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. We need to remember that in life. Measure your shots, but take the shot. It's the only way you ever win the game. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am Terrell Whitener. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. I have lived a fascinating life. Um, You know what? Let me back that up because, see, I'm getting ready to get myself in trouble. Uh I was raised I was raised in University City, Missouri, a suburb. A suburb of St. Louis. Not the new city. So, so, you know, uh, the people, so to just kind of say St. Louis, I do that to for national audiences so they have some part of reference. But it always comes back around to that whenever my community people hear me say, you ain't from St. Louis, you're from University City. You need to tell them people you're from your city. I always need to do that. But I, you know, I, I am uh, extremely blessed. I, uh, am the, the father of, of one son. And um, just like uh, a lot of people over the years, I've uh, had the privilege of becoming fathers to people that aren't naturally born to me, nice. but they mean just as much. And uh, so my, my daughter, Shauna, who unfortunately passed away in 2018 uh, from uh, the disease pulmonary hypertension, uh, has proceeded me and Matt and death. Uh, but, you know, but, but life is good. Uh, and, and so I am an author, I'm a father. Uh, you know, I've spent 40, most of my 46 years of traditional work in, in, in leadership, you know, some in corporate America, some in nonprofit and some running my own uh, consultant firm. 
Uh, I spent 22 and a half marvelous years trying to stay out of trouble with an amazing woman called Robin who, who died almost six, it'll be six years, uh, February 28th. Uh, out of that loss, I shaped another whole branch on my tree of life. Uh, and that is again, how I became an author writing about uh, my experience with living after loss on that. It has opened up so many wonderful opportunities for me. I now write for an organization called the Widower Support Network who have members in 28 countries and it's over 2000 members now. So I can also say I'm an international um, columnist among the many other things, you know, but overall I, you know, Monet, I am incredibly blessed, you know, on that. I mean, I, I do not have a worry in the world and any worries that I truly have are those that I create in my mind. And so hopefully today we will talk about uh, those uh, trials that sometimes we create in our own mind, you know, hurdles that we put in our own track toward life where the race could be so much smoother. So that's kind of who I am. I love that you said that this particular podcast, Growth the Hell Up, is all about growth. It's all about seeing yourself do something different. And the basis that I created from is thought work. It is about those trials in your mind, which is your thoughts, right? And what you can do with them and how you can help those things that try to hold you back, which is really you for the most part, the stuff that you can control, right? Right, right. And and that's what's going on in your head. So I love that you mentioned that trials in your mind. Well, I want to kind of like ask you, um, because you talked a little bit about an area where you had to grow and change after Robin, right? And is it okay if I call her Robin? Yeah, you might as well. I mean, you know, I I don't think she's going to come back and tell us don't call her that no more. (laughs) If she talks to you before she talks to me, I'm going to have a real big problem. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I got that effect on people, you know what I'm Well, saying? see, if, if you hear from her, let me know, okay? <laughs> I'll call you first. <laughs> yeah, just, just ask her if I'm doing all right, you know, yeah. it's important. So what I love that was so impressive to me is you're deciding to share con- that conversation and, or start the conversation and then creating an outlet for other people. So not just women, but men as well on like, okay, this is something that happened. And a lot of people, from what I understand, the way men love their wives and when they pass, it really is a thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, there, there are some studies out there to say the average man lives uh, about 18 months after they lose their wife. Exactly. Uh, and, and though I love Robin, um, I wasn't quite ready to join her then. And I'm sure she wasn't ready for me to join her yet anyway, because since she made such an effort to leave me so early, it was probably to try to get away from me. So she didn't want me following her right away. So, you know, but at the same time, what, what I believe wholeheartedly is men and women do, do grieve differently mm-hmm. uh, because we're, we're wired different. You know, um, what, what men don't talk out, they act out. And what, I, and what I was determined not to do is I was not going to create collateral damage of those who I had left through my misbehavior, okay? So, so how do I get it out and get it up? I wrote the book, The First 365, on the recommendation of my grief counselor. Okay. Yes, I went to grief counseling because, you know, family just wants you to be better. They just want us to be out of pain. So what you do sometimes is you will 
put on that mask. You will, you know, put up that stiff upper lip. You will make act like things are okay when they're not okay. And what I did is I did not want to put that burden on my family. Um, I did not want to be the perpetual sad widower mm -hmm. or that bitter brother because, you know, they took my wife from me. Um, I wanted to honor her through continuing to live the quality life that we lived during our 22 and a half years together. So I searched the, the, the literature for something that would just say, be able to benchmark to make sure that I just wasn't crazy. Okay. Uh, and it just, I didn't find it out there. So, so since it wasn't out there, why not tell my story? Why not, you know, create that avenue out there? Now, subsequently, I found out that there's a lot of it out there. But I just think that as a person of faith, I just believe that God hid it from me so that I would put mine out there to be able to, you know, help somebody else and add to it. So let me that's watch you before you go deep into that, because I had that same type of thing happen to me um, whenever my daughter's father was murdered mm -hmm. and there was, I was kind of already doing some self-coaching. So this is kind of like my coaching story a little bit too, but I'd already been doing some self-coaching and I was searching for something to help her after she left right. the therapist's office because right. the, the therapist's office was to get to her to a functioning level. Right. And so right. she got to this functioning level and she was good with seeing that person. Right. But she wasn't ready to grow. She was right. just kind of like, I'm functioning. I'm not going to take myself away. I'm going to live, but I'm just going to live. Like, I'm just going to allow life to happen to me. I'm sure. not going to thrive. I'm not going to. And so I did the same thing. I went to the internet, right? The www. I'm all over. I'm at the, all the libraries and, you know, because I lived in University City too. At this okay. Time. Uh -huh. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm at the libraries, you know, the municipal yeah. one, the public one. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really see like this point, like that I'm trying to make. And so it opened up a space for me to create that, right? To help mothers who have kids who had a, a parent. It doesn't even have to just be mothers, but anyone that got kids whose parent was murdered. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm talking homicide. Like I don't see people just out here being okay with, but I need to talk about this and help people. Right. And then after I found it, then I found literature, but there was no one like having the conversation. It was kind of contained. Like, let's go to a therapy group inside a building. And I'm like, no, let's shout this out to the mountains. These kids need help. Yeah. Right? So you can't tell, you can't tell public people publicly that you that you not okay because see yeah. they go straight they go straight from acting like you fine to crazy oh, she and there's a, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of space in between that you know yeah. so so you, you so, know, so your research did your research have you look for someone to talk to how did you get um, met up with your counselor your grief counselor it was it was it was very interesting because yeah. uh, just like just like anything, I had insurance and I was looking for the traditional social worker, counselor, psychologist. Didn't want to go to a psychiatrist because I didn't want to be drugged into yeah. feeling better. I wanted to feel better. So, you know, so I looked into a few people and didn't find anyone that I really liked. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a tough patient because, see, I have a master's in gerontology and a bachelor's in social work. So I know the real thing when I see it. 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to be the real thing because I was going to be in there counseling them, not having them counseling me, you know. So so <laughs> <Look at> ultimately, <laughs> so 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 ultimately, uh, out of just fear, sheer frustration, I called a local uh, hospice association, even though Robin was not in hospice. And uh, they put me in touch with uh, their social work team. And um, she said, well, after a conversation, she said, well, do, would you mind seeing me? And I go, fine, sure, let's set it up. Let's see about the insurance. Let me know, you know what it costs and all that time. She said, no, I'll see you for nothing. Okay. Well, now you don't have to, I'm okay. You know, I can pay you for your services. Yeah. No, there's so many of my clients that don't use us you would actually be helping me by giving me somebody to see. So, so, so again, that's another one of those God things. Yeah. Um, and it's so, so I ended up in this relationship with this amazing lady. We know we did work for about a year and a half. Okay. And in the midst of the work that we did, you know, she says, look, I've been doing this for 15, 16 years. And I've never seen anybody who comes at this from this perspective you do. You have to share this. You have to write a book or something to share, you know, this, your, how you are processing this loss. And that, with that encouragement, um, is what gave birth to the book, which mm-hmm. has led to book signings and conferences and podcasts and writing for people in 28 different countries. And, and that's just to date, you know, I mean, you know, a second book that I've been a contributor to, um, you know, on this subject, it's a whole, it's a way really to not only serve myself emotionally, to continue to put that part of my life in the right box. Mm -hmm. But what it is does is it allows me to keep Robin alive, you know? So what is it out there that the people who will be listening to this podcast need to keep alive? Okay. Because what we feed lives, what we allow to become dormant dies, you know, so what talent is it out there that you're not using? What dream is it out there that you're not fulfilling? You know, what, you know, what vision, what reinforcing strategy, what, when you look at the successes in your life, what do they have in common? Mm -hmm. Now, people are very quick to, you know, talk about their failures, you know, or their challenges, but very seldom do we start talking about this work because I did this, this, and this. Okay. You know, on that. And, and so in areas kind of like where you're talking about was something was taken away from you or you lost something, right? Absolutely. And, and, And I think a lot of people just look at grief in the light of, a person passed away, but that's not even it. I even think about we're in this global pandemic, right? And we're grieving our regular lives. Absolutely. We even being able to just do whatever the heck we want to. And then some of us do, and it doesn't always turn out okay for them. But yeah. the rest of the, the population that's grieving those things, grieving being able to even go to a funeral, right? So like, right. I don't think people are even recognizing the emotional health that they could be helping themselves by saying, yes, I'm grieving this. However, here's some other great things that's happening as well. Well, sure. I, and I think that that what I have found is this. I, you know, one is that 
I learned very early not to make unreasonable expectations. Mm. See, I came at this from the standpoint of, I did not want to get over losing her. Okay. That's, that's too high a bar. I don't want to get over losing her. I want to manage the loss. Okay. I, I need to have her live in my heart and in my mind because it is part of my strength. Okay. I mean, you know, from where we found each other to where we left each other, it's a great positive story. Now, I'm not going to sit out here and say it was all, you know, roses and what can I do for you? It was a relationship, you know, with its ups and downs and its bumps and bruises. But at the end, at the end, and it's very important that 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 everybody listening to us hears what I'm about to say. In the end, we loved each other, which meant we valued each other. And just because she left my presence doesn't mean, doesn't mean that her value is any less than what it was. On the flip side of it is her value to my life and, my, and her contribution in my life still hasn't ended. Because every article I write, every page I turn, every book I produce, every talk I give in this area, is Robin's continue to breathe in my existence and her life and her life and contribution to the world. So anything that we value, whether it be your job or our relationship or your health or your finances, whatever you value, you have to continue to find ways to breathe life into it. I love that. I love that. Like finding, I love that. Okay, everyone, here's your lesson today. Find the value that you have in your life whatever that is. I don't care if you think like you're at the lowest of lowest points, like you have value in your life. Even you getting up out of the bed to take care of your body. That's the value to your health. Yeah. It's a starting point. And then beyond that, if I can put point A to coach's lesson for you today or your assignment for you today, then figure out a strategy to breathe life into. Come on. Breathe life into it. Make it, you know, bring, make it alive on that. You, you know, know because I like to tell people, you don't, you don't give your brain, your mind enough um, credit for what it can do. Like these things up, up in here are amazing, right? They've been carrying and, and have, and it, it doesn't stop. Like it's firing up right now while I'm talking. It's just, it's doing its thing. And so sometimes we don't even ask ourselves, what could that strategy be? I don't really know strategy. That's not something I know. Well, maybe you do. Ask yourself, what strategy could I give or create to bring yeah. life into what I value? Yeah. yeah, it's what I tell people all the time. You know, a dream without action is just a thought. A dream without action is just a thought. People think of I. I could, I would, I should, I was just getting ready to, you know, on that, ah, you know, I mean, put it into action, find out what stretch this thing called your brain. Mm -hmm. You will be amazed at, at, at what it will bring to you. It is just sitting there waiting you on you history. to fire it up. I, exactly. It will, it will literally come up with stuff. And then, then once they come up with it, 
then you can go into checking your checking yourself. How do you feel about that? And actually moving into the action. How are you going to respond? But if you don't even yeah. give it the, you don't even set it up to win. And so that's what that's what I'm all about. Let's go talking to your book a little bit. And let's talk about, I okay. know you, you, you teach on a thing called Seasons of Grief. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I broke my experience. Uh, well, first of all, let me explain the book. The first okay. the book is called The First 365. Um, you know, it, it is published by Arthur House, which is a division of Random House. So you can find it at Arthur House. You can find it on Amazon uh, in, in many different places. And I'm, I'm always shocked when I see where it's sold and who it's sold by mm-hmm. uh, now. But the first 365 was, was I got that name from the first cycle of experiences, not the first 365 days. I have to tell people all the time. It's not about the first 365 days. It's about that first cycle of experiences. And within a book, among many things, I break grief down into seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most cases, we look at life from this standpoint, I believe. Spring is birth. You know, something new has come into play. And then there's summer. You know, in summer, we go out and play. We go out and, you know, discover things. You know, we put what we find in spring and we put it into use in summer. In fall, we do maintenance. And in winter, a lot of times in many different parts of the world and in our country, it's a season that's more dormant because things die. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when I looked at, at grief, life flipped upside down. We start out with death and dormant and a lack of energy, the season that's called winter. See, but what I learned in, in, in going through that winter, oh, sure, my energy was down. Sure, I was sad. Sure, I experienced death. But within that death became rest. And rest is a way for us to heal. Every night when we go to bed, we sleep to heal. And that is the winter of grief. So in spring, after you go through that period of lack of energy and, 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 and that beginning of the healing process, then comes spring. Then you have the courage, the resources, and the strength to go out and start to reformulate your life. Mm-hmm. What is my life going to be like without Robin? I lost the title. I lost my friend. I lost my wife. I lost my lover. I lost many things. It was more than just a singular part of my life. So spring is about discovery, I believe. You know, what is this new life going to look like? Mm. And so after you get through the spring of your life, you go in the summer. I call summer in the book, come on in, the water's fine. You go and you start dipping your toe out in the different aspects of life and trying things and figure out about what works and what doesn't work. It's a catchphrase many times that people call, you know, formulating your new normal. And then the fourth season is the season that in many ways that I'm in now, especially as it relates to Robin, it's about maintenance. And and I talk about that is now I understand this world and this title called widower, you know, but within that, you know, I'm still a father, I'm still a brother, I'm still a professional, I'm still a writer, I'm still many things. Now's the time to do the the maintenance. What quality 
of life am I going to live? And those are the seasons of grief that, that are really outlined in the book. I love that. I love that, especially related to grief. And the one thing that I have to remind people is your grief looks different than my grief, than oh. the person grief. And you kind of talked about it at the beginning, women and men can grieve differently. Like it's all different. And those seasons, like you said, are not 365 days. No, It's whatever, when yours is, whatever your uh, benchmark or your next hurdle you, you jump over, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was different. You know, I mean, I have lost my mom. I've lost my dad. I've lost a brother. You know, we lose grandparents and every one of them are different. Yes. I mean, a, a, a man could be sitting right next to me and, and, and lose their spouse. And our losses, though, fit into the same category is completely different. Yes. That relationship was different. That reach that they had in that, in, in that area of their life is different. I tell people all the time, it's the most, it is the most designer experience that anyone will ever have. Hey, come no on. Two, no two are alike. No. You know, yours might be the Hope Diamond and mine might be a Cartier watch. It, it just, it just, it, it is a, the most unique experience. So when people lovingly tell you, and please nobody take offense to what I'm about to say, I know how you feel. You know what happened to me, but you don't know how I feel. You, okay, you just punted that to me so greatly because that was going into my next question for you. And um, we're going to talk about emotions in those seasons, right? Like, how did you feel in those seasons? And I'm a person, um, especially in what, the way that I like people to, to do this is like, if you didn't take the time, which I know you did because you sought out a counselor, but if you didn't take the time to seek, seek out someone that can see the outside of you, like somebody that can see the thing that you can't because you're wrapped up in it. You may not have went through this area of processing emotions of actually spending time feeling the hurt, feeling yeah, sure. the guilt, feeling the sure. shame, feeling all sure. of the, everything that can happen, which some people just say are negative emotions. I say that those are needed. Right. If we're happy all the time, then we're right. faking out here. Yeah. You're, 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 in, deni- you're in denial and that's you're not healthy. That you're denying. That, that's and not that, healthy. So that's not truthful. It's not to, it's not even, it's not even the reality of humans to be happy all the time. So kind of help me understand for you during those seasons. And I know there's no like clear, right? Because everybody's going to be True. different. But what True. were your like maybe top emotion in each season, if you can remember back then? Well, I tell you what, in 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 the winter of my grief, you know, the first thing uh that as, as being Robin's primary caretaker for the last 18 months of her life, you know, on that, which I would gladly do a thousand times more, you know, I did not realize how tired I was until I had to, didn't have to do it anymore. Mm. So, so, so about three weeks or a month after Robin died, I was just exhausted. You know, and I'm thinking like, what in the world? Am I depressed? Am I, you know, am I getting ready to die? Is this the way it's always going to be? No, you just need to rest. <laughs> you know, life, your life was so organized between still working and being a caretaker and making sure she had her medication and, and but most importantly, making sure she was happy and loved and taken care of. Mm. You know, I, and when I, when I, you know, when I got through with that, that time when I didn't have to do that anymore, you know, there, there are three thing, major things that I, that I always say I imparted in, that, in the winter. One is 
I was forced to rest. Mm -hmm. The second thing was I got panicked because Mm. it's kind of like, it was kind of like, oh my God, I got all these choices out here. I can do whatever I want to. I started to feel overwhelmed. You know, it's like, well, 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 wait a minute. You, I don't have to rush home after work. You know, I mean, I don't have to do anything except for what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, 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 I had to rest because I was weary. You know, I had to get myself together because I was overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know. And then the third thing that I learned you know, I mean, in the in the winter of my grief is this. I couldn't just sit here. I had to re-engage. Really? What do you mean? <laughs> I gotta get back out there? But 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 how do I reintroduce myself to the world? You know, my because I was father and husband and yes. professional you know, worker I and all that type of stuff. Start people. Woo, I really hope that this was a treat for you, especially for you men who absolutely love your wife or wives or girlfriends or the women in your life. Terrell really displays how much Robin, his woman of history, was really important to his life. We were not even done. So I will be back. So stay tuned for another one of the Growth the Hell Up podcast that goes deeper into Terrell's story and the lessons that he has to teach us from doing that thing that I talk about all the time. Instead of him trying to bounce back, he used his grief and his love for Robin to bounce forward. Now, I want you to make sure you go in the show notes. I want you to make sure you go into the categories, the details and link and get the link to his book. It is going to be in there, his bio, how you can stay connected to Turo. All of that is there. Just make sure you are ready to hear the rest of everything that he has to offer. I'm super excited that you decided to listen in today and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye for now.